welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. My name is Harry. I'm a sexaholic. I'm sexually sober since February 3rd, 1986. Expressing my gratitude to God and the fellowship for my recovery will take the rest of my life and beyond. Jess uh, promised he would help me with this talk if I volunteered to give one. And so I volunteered. And uh, he also said it might be good to prepare the talk and then give a trial run and see how it went. So I suggested that to Bernie. So he agreed that I would give the trial talk to himself and the committee. And then they would decide whether I would speak or not. And... And for quite a while, it looked like, or not. <laughs> and as it was delaying here, it looked, began to look like, or not again. <laughs> but um, out of this, we uh, now have in Portland a monthly speakers meeting, spiritual breakfast, with featured speaking on the fourth Saturday of every month. Um, and... And so I'm, well, I'm happy to be, you know, accepted here to, to speak. As a preschooler, I made a fateful discovery. The climbing a rope gave breathtaking pleasure. And it did it every time. By the time I was eight, I was fully addicted to acting out by myself. And I found out, then I was informed, that masturbation was such a serious sin, it deserved the pain of hell. Six months later, I was in to peeping in the neighborhood and acting out. I tried to stop. The sexual pleasure was too great. I could not stop. Sexual fantasy, lust, masturbation took over my life. I saw a woman preparing for bed. I was immediately hooked and have been a warrior ever since. I found pornography. I acted out with pictures of women. I feared feared being alone with girls. For if anyone knew my thoughts and desires, they would reject me. I knew I was a sex fiend. By the time I was 20, my life was a chaos. Ever deeper sex with self, 
using pornography, animals, cross-dressing, voyeuring the daylight hours, fantasizing the nights and consciously seeking sex and dreams. I dared not think of having a relationship, let alone getting married and having a family. I called on the God of my childhood religion and received no help. I could not stop acting out. When I was 21, I made a big decision. I entered a 10-year program to become a religious vow to celibacy as a Catholic priest. That was not the sanest decision of my life. The first night in the seminary, I got drunk on mass wine. A month later, I picked up an ordinary magazine, lusted after the women pictures, and acted out. My disease was back worse than ever. I did all the practices that religion said would lead to a better life. But I felt no improvement. My disease simply progressed. I was ordained and lived 30 years as a priest in a religious community. I've wared and masturbated many hours each day. I lived in pornography. I indulged my fetishism with women's clothing, always acting out of love. Then I began acting out with women. And my sexual behavior became known. I bore the stigma of attempted rape, improper behavior with young girls, Multiple relationships with women, adultery, abusive sex, incest. I tried dumping my sex addiction on a psychiatrist. I tried losing it in a mental hospital. I tried drowning it in alcohol, forgetting it in drugs. Nothing worked. I continued to act out. When I left the mental hospital in 1970, the only job I could get was working in an alcohol and drug center. And I wasn't clean and sober. But there I was introduced to the 12-step programs. I was able to get control my alcoholism and drug addiction with the 12 step in the AA program. I stopped acting out with others, but I could not stop acting out with myself. One day in the at work, 
I found in my mailbox a separate copy of the essay brochure. I scored 17 out of 20 of those questions and decided to go to a meeting. And the uh, in the meeting I witnessed the recovery miracle of sex sexaholics equally hooked and hopeless as I. And I came to trust to believe that recovery believe in their recovery and the God that helped them to achieve it. I began to think there was hope, even for me. Just dumping my powerlessness and unmanageability on God and waiting for sobriety was not enough. I continued to act out. Self-pity became my power greater. Until a member reminded me, Harry, we're going to continue to love you until you can learn to love yourself. For God really does love you. I knew I could never be forgiven by God, or I felt I couldn't. And the sponsor informed me, poor Harry, the only person in God's wide world that Almighty God cannot forgive. And I think my ego began to deflate a little. But I did, I did get sober. I made the decision to turn, well, I admitted my powerlessness, that was certain. And I turned my will and my life over to the care of God. The God that I knew now cared for me. I discovered a power greater than service. Opening the meeting room, arranging the chairs, making coffee cleaning up after the meeting, serving as group treasurer and secretary. I was chosen to serve on the less than popular advisory IGC and central office oversight committees. I discovered God in service. I always discover God when I turn himself to help others. I had good sponsors, spiritual men with God power, who feared to try trying to sponsor without God's help. Mostly I found my higher power in working the steps to sobriety and recovery. Repeating steps one, two, and three established sobriety the gift I could bring to the meeting and share it with others. 
in my sexual first step, in the fourth and fifth step, I came to accept myself and allow others to see me as I really am. And I admitted that to God and to another and to and to myself that I would work. Listing and surrendering my shortcomings in steps six and seven allowed God to begin healing my defects of character. And there were a few. Those resentments had to be surrendered for they had triggered much of my acting out. And in six and seven and eight, I made my list and made my amends. And they were made. I continued to take personal inventory and when I was wrong, I admitted it. Maybe not so promptly. I've also discovered I not only have to admit it, I have to admit it to the people involved. And with this, my sobriety, my better way of life, became more comfortable talking to God, meditating, and praying. I say my life is a lot better. And I'm grateful to the program. Some, almost two years ago, over six years of sobriety, I forgot to pray only for God's will for me and the power to carry that out. And started resisting things that were happening to me. Making my own decisions. Putting off necessary tasks. And fell into a very deep, <clears throat> very deep depression. I became fearful of going to the New York conference. Fearful that I would get entangled in the sobriety definition discussion. And disgrace myself. I was afraid to go to the Nashville conference where I might meet any that I had sexually abused and such I did not wish to see me anymore while she was in treatment. And I began to fear that I might be sued. But I kept most of this to myself. There were a lot of other things that happened. I thought I was losing my sight, hearing, voice. That aging was coming very rapidly. I was afraid to spend money for the doctor. I might be criticized for wasting money. 
that I knew what I was doing was without cause. There were many other things that happened during that depression. And I went to the, to the Rochester conference. Mostly because my religious superior told me, I don't know what's bugging you, but you better do something about it. And at the conference, so many people greeted me and showed their love and concern. But I was simply lifted out of that depression. And got back into working in my program. I hadn't lost my sobriety. I still did, I still work my program. I still sponsor people, even though I was depressed. Once or twice I even shared it to me what was happening. It wasn't very encouraging. The newcomers remarked, boy, if sobriety isn't any better than Harry's, I don't know if I want so much of it. <laughs> but I did keep coming back. And I wanted to share that. That years of sobriety, years of recovery, since I this program are not any guarantee character defects will not return in the old pattern. I'm going to steal a little time. My watch is telling me if I can find the proper button on it. This is just a cut off. I always like to tell at least one story, and if some of you have heard this before, just turning over thanks to God every day, and after a long period, I was back over at the coast, coast parish helping out one Sunday. You know, substituting as the priest for the ceremony. And I was a little bit uptight. It had been a long time. And, uh, sometimes I didn't do so well, but I got through the homily. I was going through. I said, okay, God, I'm going to make it from here on. I know. You know, that's the part that they judge. Of course, I was all suited up and I had on that portable mic. And I went down when they greet the people before the communion service. You know, and I'm popular at that, you know. And when I was coming back up to the altar, I tripped and said that S word. <laughs> but I want you to know I turned everything more over to God that morning. And when I got back in the sacristy after Mass, a old lady came up and said, Excuse me, Father, we couldn't hear you. I think we, you forgot to turn on your microphone. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back. Thank you. like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. 
please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.